Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our study of Ephesians with the beginning of chapter 4. In the final three chapters of Ephesians, we're going to see what to do in light of all that God has done for us in Christ. This next passage has unity as its theme. This biblical unity is not an external thing, nor it is something mechanical. It is internal and organic. It is supernatural. It cannot be superimposed on people apart from the life of Christ. It springs from the power of Christ indwelling each believer. It is a spirit-controlled and spirit-produced unity, which is rooted in truth. Unity is a popular word, but there are many wrong ideas attached to the word. Please listen to Pastor Jim as he presents today's slice of this week's message entitled, The Worthy Walk of Oneness, Part 1. Romans 1 through 11 is the loftiest, lengthiest piece of doctrine in the whole Bible. And then chapter 12 starts out with, therefore, my beloved brethren, in light of the mercies of God, here's what you need to do. Ephesians 4, 1 is exactly like that. So he says, therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, and literally that's the prisoner in the Lord. Paul's a prisoner But he belongs to the Lord, and the reason he's in prison is all about his ministry. So this is God's will for his life. If you remember what he already said in chapter 3, he began that chapter with, For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles. I I am fine with being in prison because it is for the sake of the ministry that God has given to me. And then as he started to Pray for them in verse 13. Therefore, I ask you not to lose heart at my tribulations on your behalf. This is for the betterment of the body of Christ that he is in jail. And as a matter of fact, around that same time, he wrote to a different church these words in Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 through 14. Now, I want you to know, brethren, that my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel, so that my imprisonment in the cause of Christ has become well known through the whole Praetorian Guard and to everyone else, and that most of the brethren trusting in the Lord because of my imprisonment have far more courage to speak the word of God without fear. How else would you evangelize a bunch of Roman soldiers better than making them guard Paul? That, that's basically what he's saying there. Now back to Ephesians. Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, now here comes the command, implore, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you've been called. We don't use the word implore uh, very often. Um, The older English translation of King James says beseech. Uh, Still others say urge. That's the command here, and then he's going to tell us what he's urging us to do. Um, And an interesting thing you can do in Greek that you can't do in English is give emphasis by the order in which you state words. 
Our uh, spoken language, our written language, depends on a basic word order. Uh, Subject, verb, direct object, indirect object. That's the basic sentence structure that we have. Greek does the same thing. That's the normal way to do it. Uh, Koine Greek, biblical Greek, does that same thing. But there, the meaning of the words does not depend on their order in the sentence. It depends upon the form of the word. The, the form of a verb, the case of a noun, and, the, and the, um, the way that they are to be understood together. And the way to give a word the most emphasis is to move it from the middle or the end of the sentence to the beginning. The first word in Ephesians 4.1 in Greek is implore. I implore. The, the, the pronoun is, is included in the verb. So he's putting the strongest emphasis on this. This is what... The second half of Ephesians is all about, I've told you what Christ has done. I've told you who we are in Him. I've told you this grand plan of Jew and Gentile together in Christ. I've prayed that God would get the glory in all of these things. Now, implore I you. And then three chapters of what He is going to implore us to do. And we'll see the first part of it today. The word translated implore is a a pretty common Greek word. It actually has quite a range of meaning depending upon its context. Uh, it literally means to call alongside. You may have heard the word parakaleo. It has the implication of calling on, entreating, admonishing, exhorting, or even comforting. The basic idea is bringing someone alongside someone else to give help, or to give guidance, or to give comfort, or to give instruction. And the meaning ranges from the most gentle, um, encouraging, comforting, soothing kind of words to the most powerful of commands, and this would be in the more powerful form of it. Interesting, the noun form of this word, maybe you've heard somebody use the word paraclete, uh, parakaleo is the verb, Parakletos is the noun. The noun form of this word is the word used for the Holy Spirit. In John 14, it's usually translated as a comforter. Jesus said, I'm going to send you another comforter just like me. Over in uh, 1 John chapter 2, it's translated advocate, as in your attorney for the defense that comes alongside. Uh, when, uh, if you sin, we have a, an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. In other words, from the very beginning and from the definition of the word, and you'll see it all the way through here, this unity is produced by the Holy Spirit. God is one. He puts His Spirit in all of His people. His people, therefore, are one. So he says, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk. Now, there's the, there's the command, walk. Put one foot in front of the other. That's a vivid, rather common metaphor in the New Testament. It means to conduct yourself in a certain way. When I say walk, it means, well, you've got to be standing up, and then you put one foot in front of another, and you move in a certain direction. That's what walking is. Uh, how, how fun is it to watch a toddler when they first start to walk? You know, and they stand there and they weave around and then they realize that, oh, oh, I just took two steps and I let go of the sofa. I think now I'll plop on my backside. And then they get up and they go at it again. You have to learn to walk. Well, that's why it's such a good metaphor 
for being a believer in Christ. You come into this as a, as a babe in Christ, says the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. You have to learn how to walk. Now, how does he want you to walk? Well, there are a lot of ways this is used. Um, I actually did this. You can check uh, the occurrences of the word walk in the New Testament, and it's a great thing to do. You can develop an excellent theology of what the Christian life should look like in practice just by taking a concordance or using your computer and studying the word walk. Here's just some of the examples. Don't walk in darkness. Walk in the light. Walk in newness of life. Don't walk after the flesh. Walk in the spirit. Don't walk in craftiness. Walk by faith. Walk worthy. Walk in love. Walk circumspectly. Walk in wisdom. Walk honestly. Don't walk disorderly. Walk in truth. Walk in God's commandments. So pick where you're going to go. Pick up one foot and put it in front of the other and keep moving in that direction. Now, he says, I want you to walk, and he's going to tell you how, in a manner worthy. Those four words, in a manner worthy, is uh, the four-word English translation of one Greek word. It's the little adverb that means worthily. The, the root of the word means, uh, it comes from a word that means weight. And to be worthy in this sense means to have the same weight as another thing. Your Christian walk should have the same weight as your Christian doctrine, your, your Christian position in Christ. Think of an old time scale. You put a weight on one side, you put a piece of meat on the other to find out when they balance, you know how much the meat weighs and how much you're going to have to pay for it. So we are to balance everything that we know. What's that? Well, in this context, everything in Ephesians 1, 2, and 3, you have to give just as much weight to how you live in the name of Christ as what you know about being in Christ. So it means to live up to who you are by God's grace. It means to practice what you say you believe. It means that whatever you know about God's Word, you are required by God to balance that with living in light of what it means. Now, let's go further. I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of what? The calling with which you have been called. The word calling means the, the divine call, the, God's summons to salvation, which God gives to a sinner. Now, I want to digress for just a moment to help you understand this biblical concept, because there are two legitimate ways in which a calling is used in the Bible. Number one is the universal call to salvation. It, it, it's a universal invitation. Jesus said it this way in Matthew eleven twenty eight: Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Read on in the context, you'll see he means rest for your souls. Get off the treadmill and rest in me. So it's a universal invitation. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.